Hello, Hugh Grant fans out there. Uh, before this special episode begins, there were just a couple of things that we missed off, including what the hell this podcast is about. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, this is Taking Hugh for Granted, where we look back at every single Hugh Grant film ever made and ask that all-important question, is Hugh being taken for granted? This is a spoiler-free episode, but for those of you about to go and see the film or, of course, listening to this podcast, the gentleman is about a drug lord played by Matthew McConaughey who is trying to quit the business and sell off his illegal empire. All manner of shady activities ensue, and unpicking it all for us is our man Hugh Grant, who plays Fletcher, a private investigator who is documenting the whole bloody affair from the shadows. Anyway... On to the pod. For copyright reasons, the producers of Taking Hugh for Granted would like to state that this podcast is in no way associated with the actor Hugh John Mungo Grant, nor does it endorse his views or represent him in any way. We simply review Mr Grant's films and hope to shine light upon some of the lesser-known classics from his illustrious career. Hugh, if you're listening, we hope you approve. Listen, I did film and television studies at university for three years. I spent hours reading countless books and articles on subjects spanning from film all the way to television. Not a single one mentioned Hugh Grant once. I achieved the hardest qualification across any university or college ever, a 2-1 in history. Let me tell you, the only thing that I learned was that we, as a society, have a history of denying and neglecting Hugh Grant's artistic and cultural relevance, not just in this country, but in the entire world. I met Oscar at a Hugh Grant-themed event I put on at the Students' Union. It felt as though Diggory and I were the only ones there, and we agreed that there was a Hugh Grant-shaped hole in academia. We decided to put it right ourselves. We want to show people that he's an icon in acting. We want to show people he's more than just a bumbling posh guy. I'm Diggory Waite. And I'm Oscar Beardmore Gray. And, and this, this is... Taking Hugh for Granted. Good afternoon, everyone, and uh, a very happy new year. 2020 is the dawn of a new decade. I think this is what we me and Diggory, we've now lived through the 1990s, kind of, 2000s, 2010s now the 2020s, and we are stood outside uh, Odeon to go and watch The Gentleman, starring our very own Hugh Grant. Diggory, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Oscar, and everyone listening at home. Oh, I'm so excited. We're going to see a new Hugh Grant film. Um, I'm so excited for that, in the flesh, with together, me and you here together, which won't probably happen again for six months. Probably not, sadly. Um, yeah, I'm flying back next week to uh, rainy and cold Vancouver, but a very special episode, and, and Hugh Grant is playing a gangster. Yeah, well, he's playing like a... It's a gangster film, but he's playing a sleazy... It's quite witty casting. He's playing like a sleazy um, private detective who works for a, a tabloid newspaper, which is kind of like his hacked-off thing, all the people that did him over back in 2001 to 2011. So it's quite a bit of witty casting. He's, I'm sure he's going to enjoy that a lot. Um, are you looking forward to it? Absolutely looking forward to it. I've, I've, I've seen some great reviews out there been all over the press, all over the buses, all over the tubes. So, I mean, what's not to look forward to? Yeah, huge film. I can't wait. Let's go. Let's go and watch it. All right. See you later. Bye. I want you to play a game with me, Ray. I don't want to play a game. Oh, please. No. I said play a game with me, Ray. Man. Right. Lovely. 
as the best private investigator in this smoky little town. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to tell you a story. You're too smart to be blackmailing us, Fletcher. Yeah. Oh, it's warming up now, isn't it? I forgot to wash my hands. Well, um, we've just come out of um, the Holloway Road cinema um, and just just finished The Gentleman. We're now, we're now on a London bus back to Diggory's flat. Diggory, immediate reaction. Hugh Grant was absolutely amazing. Oscar and I haven't said anything to each other so far. Oscar, he was so, so good. His voice, his look, like... I, I mean, it's worth the price of admission just to see Hugh Grant. The character was unbelievable. It was perfect. It was the, it was the, uh, one of the best performances I've seen Hugh Grant do. It's so the character is so bizarre and so brilliant. He, I mean, the film is 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 quite a funny film, but he is the only person in the film that really makes anyone laugh. Mm. And, and you could tell that everyone else in the cinema was only laughing when he did something stupid. Yeah, and he puts on this. He puts on this kind of like Cockney East Ender kind of, ju- it's like, you know, your classic cameraman voice. Yeah. The guy who works for the Daily Mail and he's, you know, he's snooping around and trying to take photos of, you know, celebrities and all that. It's a bit like that. Yeah, it's per- I mean, it's exactly the, exactly the kind of sleazeball that did him over back in, back in the day and, and got him on the whole hacked off um, campaign. I mean, yeah, but in terms of the film overall, I guess we're talking about initial impressions. I thought it was really it was it was a romp. It was really good. I thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, I, I don't know. I would I would I'll give it an, I'll give it an eight, eight out of ten. I'd say mm. overall. Uh, now I'm just trying to speak like you. <laughs> I've got I've got myself into that. Um, but yeah, um, Matthew McConaughey is brilliant. Mm. Who are the other actors in it? There's Henry Golding, and the, who are the other ones? I thought for me Henry Golding was really good. He was the, he was the other one that I thought was a standout. In fact, there was a couple of times where I think he made me laugh. Then again, obviously, actually, um, Colin Farrell. It was Colin Farrell. He's um, Raymond. No, no, Colin Farrell is um, Colin Farrell was the coach. You know the Irish guy. Yeah, yeah, he he's brilliant, but he's always brilliant. That wasn't yeah. a big news. Is Raymond? Is he a famous actor? I don't know him. His name escapes me now. His name is something like Charlie Hunnam. He, I thought he was brilliant as well. Yeah. But I, I'm not very. You know, you're more of a film man than I am. I'm not that familiar with Guy Ritchie as a director. Is are his films like that? This was because I thought the screenplay overall was sort of. You know, it jumps around a lot, and you're not really sure what's going on. But overall, it all comes together, and it's yeah. quite. I mean, it's brilliant, I thought. Yeah, yeah that is exactly the sort of stuff you're looking for. There's been a couple of his films that haven't quite been like that, so brazen and so crazy and over the top. But if you're looking for a classic Guy Ritchie film, that's exactly what we found here. Um, yeah. He's been, he's been criticised, actually, quite a bit for, his. I think, his previous couple of films, including King Arthur. He got quite a lot of stick for those. But people were saying this was back to his best. Yeah, this is exactly... I mean, it's, it's, it's all... Yeah, I think King Arthur is sort of like... I don't know, it's like Tarantino doing... I don't know, um, like a like a period romance or something like that. You know, it's, it would be it's a bit left of field. Well, it's not too far off, but this this just feels like back to his best. Well, apo- apologies for the for the if you can hear any of the the background noise um, back of a London bus. We're hoping no one's going to come up here and uh, disturb our taking you for granted podcast special on the back of a London bus. Um, but but maybe back to Hugh. Um, 
I I just loved his outfit because that's just a classic what you could, what you would think of about like a a cameraman or a sort of sleazy journalist. Exactly, and actually, what's really cool is that I was listening to an interview again this morning with you, and he was saying that part of he he was quite involved in the process, and those um, he wears these orange tinted glasses, which um, and I think he he said that was more due to the because because his character is quite into f- old films. There's a pati- and he's, so he wears a leather jacket and the tinted glasses. I can't remember which film that's referencing, but um, yeah, Hugh is really steeped in in the whole creation of that character, and it makes it it just it just works, and and just on the voice as well. God, that was a bad sound on the voice as well he did he was really worried when Guy Ritchie sent him the script he was like and he said he wanted to do this voice and stuff Hugh Grant thought look everyone knows me as my proper English accent like I can't do this it'd be ridiculous but eventually Guy went around to it and here we are and I'm so glad he did it's it's amazing and there's a couple of um, n- no spoilers which we're going to try to give away no spoilers here but there's a couple of like sort of clearly Hugh Grant inspired lines there was a line about Brexit which I thought was quite funny yeah oh mate it's perfect and again this morning he was saying that the great thing about Guy Ritchie is um, Matthew McConaughey was saying it's, it's horrible work in some ways it's horrible working with him because you know you've learned all your lines and then Guy Ritchie on the day could just rip everything up and cre- recreate and rewrite an entire scene on the day and he says it's horrible but Hugh Grant said that often in the margins of, of his scripts he will write three or four extra lines and so because he loves riffing like that so he he must like you say a lot of Hugh Grantisms in there he would have been in his absolute element and it, it showed on screen he was the best performance for me by far well, so, for, so for people who are thinking about going to watch this film it is quite unique for Hugh Grant that he sort of plays the he, he's the thread through through the entire movie so he's like the narrator almost he's telling you the story so it's brilliant because you, you don't have to take him too seriously as a narrator but he is a constant throughout the film so he, you kind of think he's like he's not the main character in the film but he sort of is yeah he's that thread through throughout the whole thing yeah he's a, he's a he's a he's a structural device really like for the for the for the narrative but um and i, I worried when i saw the adverts and i saw him being like let me play a game raymond and all that sort of play a game with me please all that stuff <laughs> I thought that we were gonna. He's that's what he's gonna be. He's gonna. He's the one that would set up the story, and then maybe at the end finish telling the story. A classic, like you know, bookend structural piece. But no, like you say, he's constant throughout, and it's you know, you don't go ten minutes without seeing Hugh, which is brilliant. Are you a business owner? Are you running a political campaign? Are you a furniture outlet having yet another sale? If the answer to any of those questions isn't no, then you can have your advertisement right here. The Taking You For Granted podcast gets over a hundred listeners every single episode. For prices starting as low as six figures, you can have your advertisement right here. So what are you waiting for? <laughs> Email takingyouforgranted at gmail.com today for a full price list. And you can have your advertisement right here. One funny thing that I learned this morning as well in one of the interviews is... Um, Hugh Grant actually received the script for this film on his wedding day. He was having lunch before his wedding, and he then ex- he was left where he was having lunch. Someone crashed their bike or fell off their bike, so we went up to go and help them up. It turned out to be Guy Ritchie's assistant, quick, closely followed by Guy Ritchie himself. And Guy Ritchie knew him from the man of, from Uncle. They, they'd worked together, Hugh and and um, and Guy Ritchie. So we'll be watching another Guy Ritchie film soon, I'm sure. And anyway, so Guy Ritchie said, "Oh, by the way, Hugh, best luck with the wedding and all that." Um, got a script to send you later on and so he did and of course classic Hugh Grant didn't like the script or th- thought he couldn't do it when it first was sent and then eventually it's come around well I, I thought I thought there was some really nice I think what's nice when you go and see a film like this and it's in, it's nice that Hugh Grant's involved in one of these films where it's like 
not your traditional rom like rom com, and it's not a traditional film in, in structurally. This, this is a slightly different technique of screenplay and production. So, yeah, it jumps about a lot. It it sometimes w and it was very self-referential. I mean, lots of r references to Guy Ritchie himself. There's a well, I mean, it's not giving away too much, but there's a bit when, well, they're in the Miramax film. The people who made the film Miramax, they're in their um, headquarters, and on the wall is a is a poster of one of Guy Ritchie's films, The Man from Uncle. So, it's the whole thing is very self-referential. And I also didn't think like you know sometimes with these kind of gangster films, you often oh, got a siren, ambulance. Um, it's a Friday night. Of course. It is a Friday night, big Friday night on the town for uh, Diggory and Oscar, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, certainly not as big as Hugh's. Uh, Hugh Grant's Friday. I don't wonder what Hugh is doing tonight. What do you reckon he's doing tonight? I don't know. I said, didn't I, the other week, he was out having past... Uh, he was at a spaghetti house yeah. recently. That's not that big of a night. No, it really isn't. I wonder whether he has big nights anymore. Well, he lives in Fulham, doesn't he? I don't want to... We, d we, we shouldn't re uh, reveal where he lives on, on the <laughs> podcast. I mean, we don't know your address. You don't worry. We're not coming after you. Although, uh, I, although sometimes I do know where you eat spaghetti. So be careful. You're warned. Um, but I thought it was going back to my point I thought it was a nice that for me I'm not a big like gangster film kind of guy and sometimes when I watch those kind of films I sort of things like Kill Bill and stuff like that I get they're a bit like too much violence too much just shooting people for no reason blood and gore this had like the perfect combination of like not too much violence. Like my 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 <laughs> shout out to my aunt Elspeth sent me a message the other day saying love the film you're gonna enjoy it. Perfect, not too much violence, not too much sex, lots of use of the c word. You definitely not being taken for granted. I completely agree. I mean, it was what my dad would probably call a talky. You know, uh, when I was a kid, he used to be like, "Oh, you know, you m you you might like this film, but be wary. It is a, a talky." And what he meant by that is just they'd do a lot of talking. But now, actually, now, well, I used to get really annoyed because I used to think, "Dad, I like the talky films. I don't just want action all the time. Not some, you know, knuckles dragging on the floor as I walk along. You know." ape brain that just thinks oh I just want to see fun guns and fighting no no and this film like you say it's I mean the majority of it is just clever wordplay chatting around people doing other people over you don't see that much violence which like you I think especially as I'm getting older I'm getting sick of I just gratuitous violence is a bit too much for me yeah, I'm not a sort of well I've never been a fast and furious man or anything like that but I mean there was some quite nice like sort of violence if you, if you can put it like that mm. there at the end of the film but that was almost kind of like laugh out loud funny rather than like oh my god that's terrible yeah exactly although um maybe we should because we're about to get off the bus oh okay are we are we getting off for the next stop yeah we are okay <laughs> well we will continue this conversation maybe shortly Press the stop button, I'm standing here The bus comes to a stop and I'm just standing here The doors are open and I'm standing here Maybe I just shouldn't be standing here The bus driver says Get off the bus! Old lady shouts Get off the bus! Baby in a pram Get off the bus! Guide dog tells me Get off the f bus! Woof. We've just made it back up to uh, Diggory's flat uh, Here in the northeast part of London Very nice place to be Uh coldest January evening now it's been pretty mild this winter so far but anyway we're back here we got a cup of tea and yeah we're just going to dissect the film just a little bit more um we might start with a few of the reviews that I saw online of this film which are quite funny um 
so the first one says, wow, don't be misled by the... T-. So this is Leanne McCauley. She said this today. She said, um, don't be misled by the title or that Hugh Grant is in this. As I think a very elderly couple in the movie theatre was expecting a rather different experience based on those two things. Hugh, who has only done rom-coms incorrect in the past, and I have and I have never been a fan of. I'm sorry, Leanne, that that's the case. Um, this is a classic guy, um, Richie, humorous action movie. Hugh is sensational and almost unrecognizable, spelt wrong, in his role, along with twists and turns and an and outstanding cast. A star. You need a sense of humor and do not be offended by bad language, neither of which could be missing in a Guy Ritchie film because it works. I mean, I think that's pretty much bang on, isn't it? Spot on, especially what uh, yeah, what they said about Hugh Grant. Sensational, absolutely spot on. Um, yeah, you're going to get swearing, you're going to get violence. I'm sure that those two people who are there for the older Hugh Grant are going to be very surprised. But that's what we want. Um, and it just shows that, I mean, Mark Commode was saying in one of his reviews in the film, he was saying that Hugh Grant's undergoing this, like, renaissance or hugh-naissance where of his career where now we've got Paddington 2 we've got um a very english scandal now we've got this it's just like hugh's career has taken a bit of a it's taken a u-turn and in the best way the best possible way i'd say i mean it really begs the question what's he going to do next um you, like you said we've had this sort of a, a, a left turn that no one could have really predicted. And anyone, I, I judge anyone who says that Hugh Grant is typecaster these days because he's showing us that he's much more versatile than people say. Yeah, and I mean, he can do... Uh, Florence Foster Jenkins is a film that maybe some of you won't know about. It's about um, an uh, opera singer who thought she was brilliant, played on Meryl Streep, but actually she was pants, and he plays the husband in that. That's a sort of serious role. Obviously, this role today, quite comedic. The role in Panther 2, comedic again. A very English scandal. Completely, um, again, out of his comfort zone, out of comedy. So he can really do it all, and it is really exciting. I, I, I mean, I can't imagine what sort of thing he'll do next, but that's what's so exciting. Superhero film? This is so, what's so weird, right, is I was watching an interview this morning with Hugh Grant, because I'm obviously obsessed, and uh, he was meant to do a, um, a, a superhero film in 2019, but he said that he got, quote-unquote, child guilt. Because he's having, and he said it also, and he was like, I'm having about five, a, a kid every week these days. So he's got five kids at the moment. He was like, he had child guilt, so he wants to take care of his kid rather than do a superhero. I wonder what he would have been, and in what? What I I can't even begin to think imagine what what kind of superhero he would have been, but it's nice to know that he has child guilt. Is I mean he does have does have lots of kids. It's kind of I mean comparable to Boris Johnson on the sort of slightly shady kid side of things. But don't worry, Hugh, we got your back. Yeah, don't worry about that one, mate. We won't talk about that too much. But it it is very exciting. Maybe I'll have to do a little deep dive, see what superhero films are being filmed in twenty nineteen. Sort of you know add up the dots. Um, we could have a little sort of sort of guest trailer or, or, or sort of <laughs> photoshop hue into a superman costume batman costume spider-man you know what you've done now though this is now a trans some transition music waiting to happen is we're gonna have have to have a superhero trailer transition music now <laughs> what superhero do you think you would be best at I f- I, the first thing that came to mind was bumbleman you know, who just comes along and goes, oh, 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 oh. Bumbleman. Yeah, he just comes along. He just starts going, oh, well, well, well. <laughs> I was imagining him as a bumblebee there. Yeah, but that, that's the good thing. He'll wear the bumblebee outfit and then people will go, so you don't have a sting or anything. He's like, well, <laughs> and then they'll go, are you going to do anything? There's a, there's a man getting away here with a woman's purse. And he'll go, well, I couldn't possibly. 
So we'd have a weird cross of Hugh Grant and the B movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds good. Hugh or PAs or anyone, if you're listening, agents, get in contact. But let's. What we should we definitely do is get a sort of script coming together. We'll, we'll write up a script, send it over, see what he thinks. Well, we're working on several scripts at the moment. This is just another one in the pipeline. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we want Hugh to do next. The, the Bumble Man. Could somebody please tell me why I'm awake right now? Sir, you gotta see this. We have received intelligence that the Russians, the Chinese, and or a nondescript country in the Middle East has planted a bomb. On a spaceship. Filled with school children. Driven by alien monsters. And it's heading right for the Pentagon. Oh, oh my god. This summer, for the summer Hugh Grant doesn't have child guilt, one man a star for time, whilst other men disable a bomb on a spaceship filled with school kids as being driven by aliens right into the Pentagon. From revolutionary writer Oscar Birma Gray and visionary director Diggory Waite, this is Bumbleman. Can you bumble long enough? In theory, only, and even then, not in theory, because this film isn't actually coming out. But Hugh, if you are interested in his stuff, because we got a whole screen and we're ready to go, baby. Um, I thought that maybe before we move on to the the other thing we want to talk about, that might be good to give a big shout out to our fan, fans in the U.S. of A. So, um, you know, when we look at the breakdown of the analytics of our podcast, the hundreds of thousands of listens that we've got. A lot of them are coming from um, Los Angeles and Virginia. And Mary, um, I'm not sure where Mary, I, th- I think she's probably the one in Virginia, if my US geography is good enough, mm. has uh, tweeted the show and said how much she's enjoying it. So we we just like to reiterate that thanks back to you, Mary. Thank you so much. Honestly, this is the first person I think that's messaged in who hasn't been someone that I know personally. So it's very, very, very kind. Everyone else, keep getting involved at Taking Hugh on Twitter, at Taking Hugh for Granted on uh, Facebook and Instagram and Taking Hugh for Granted at gmail.com on email. We also have a YouTube channel which is coming up soon, LinkedIn profile, we've got it all. So literally just search us up, you'll find us. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. And all, But yeah, the, the split is interesting. It's like 38% UK, 30% Canada and 30% US. So there's a lot of more US of A people listening who I don't think, I won't know any of them personally. I don't think I will either. So if you are one of those people in the the land of the free, mm. get in touch. And we're, we're, and the, the other thing that we're thinking about doing perhaps is getting some some cheeky guests involved. So if you think that you really know your Hugh Grant, mm. then um, feel free to pop us a message. I think send us an email with the subject as a Hugh Grant related pun, and we'll make a guest episode based around that. <laughs> I made a little rap about our boy Huey G. His hair's pretty fresh, you have to agree. So if you're repping how we acted in Love Actually, then tune into the D Dog and OBG. Been live on air since UOB, where we both went to study for our uni degrees. We first made our name on Burst Radio, where we hosted our weekly football show. And I know, like you, I'm a bit posh for the mic. I never play Glasto or get Stormzy's hype. So we're taking you back to the day Huey started and asking whether Huey's been taken for granted.
so we just as 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 you all know we've just um gone to see the gentleman came out on new year's day big hits so on actually as we came out of the cinema it was on a bus right in front of us so that was like and then we got on that bus and we got on that bus so we we're on it we were on a hugh grant bus yeah. um some of the pitfill pitfalls maybe of the film i have to say um it's it, it's a it's a as it's, it's a British gangster movie, and there's a lot of references to, you know, at some they, they reference one of the characters as, you know, the Jew a few times. There's a few, there's there's a lot of racism in there, and I mean, it's it's things that you associate obviously with gangsters and stuff. The problem is though, is I think it's unlike in other films where everyone's despicable and you're made to hate all those people that say those things, or it's throwaway comments that that aren't. Well, it just felt like. I, I, I just I found it a little bit jarring because the characters it was such a jovial film for the most part throwing those things in there gave it a malice that was never justified I think if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna say some of that racist uh, bigoted stuff you need to give it you need to give it some social commentary or some sort of context to make it justifiable or, or you need a proper proper villain who is identified as the mean guy who does that yeah. otherwise it was i agree with you that you know i think they threw that in because that was that's what like you said is associated with gangster movies the sort of like yeah like slight bigotry and violence etc and that sort of gang lifestyle comes with saying rude things but yeah there were a few moments where you were just kind of like, okay, they literally just like use the words of, you know, they talk about Jews and Chinese people and black people in derogatory manners. Maybe not necessary. It just feels, I mean, I, some some films I think get away with it because like my my big example, I suppose, would be Tarantino. The, the use of the N-word is frequent and of, often talked about in his films. For me... I mean, I am not the person to be telling anyone when you can use the N-word and when you cannot. However, I have more sympathy for the arguments of it in those films because in those films, the malice is is underpinned and the treachery is there. And it's, and it's justified because these films, it feels like there's a seriousness to what is going on in in most of it um and and there's and there's a proper threat and and no one gets away with it for the most part however in this film it's too jovial it's too happy everyone's kind of a cool character and it just sort of everyone just sort of gets away with it and sort of meant to be happy and funny and it was all all right but it 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 really isn't taking he for granted taking he for granted taking he for granted what did you think lads were they taking he for granted um, so yeah, I guess we should ask that all important question: Is Hugh being taken for granted? Diggory, I'll start with you. I keep forgetting which one is the good one and which one is the bad one. If the film is a good film, does that mean that he's not being taken for granted? I believe so. Yes. Then I think I think Hugh's not being taken for granted in this. This might be a hybrid because he's so good that I think you even if you dislike this film, you can't come away and be like, "Well, Hugh was rubbish." Obviously, you wouldn't do that with any film that he was in, but it's so good. So I'm saying he's not being taken for granted, but that doesn't mean that his performance isn't sensational. I haven't, I haven't admittedly spoken to that many people who've seen the film as of yet. We might, you know, we might take the mic out into into the centre of town this evening and see if we can get some Friday night uh, gossip on the film. Mm. See if anyone wants to speak to us in the pub. Um, but um, yeah, I, I I haven't spoken or seen any reviews where people aren't complimentary about Hugh's performance. So you know, and and most of the comments are sort of you know, 
funny, self-deprecating, amusing because he's playing a character he hasn't played before. Um, obviously, with this whole like journo thing, mm. uh, cameraman sort of a pun on his own experience, which I think is quite funny. And uh, genuinely, everyone in the cinema was there. I, I feel like people were there for you. You know, the mm. people, people. Me and Diggory kept on like sort of. I kept on like knocking him and being like this is hilarious um and yeah like you know his first line when he's kind of like buenos tardes <laughs> <laughs> i think i mean that just sets it up doesn't it that's like what his character is about like basically just taking the piss out of himself and yeah i don't know yeah he's just definitely not being taken for granted here and i'm just so excited and can't contain my excitement about what we might see this, this coming year and years to come i mean he's moved into this like he's he, he's like that character he's, he's an actor who's moved past the stage where he's taking himself seriously he's like a good band mm. that stops giving a shit about what people think of their music they just like release whatever they want and don't really care yeah i mean one of my favorite bands the other day talked about this they were saying about how the best music is when people are doing they're just on the edge of what they're capable of and they're doing things that are a bit out there and they haven't tried before. That's exactly what Hugh's doing right now. We've had the typecast. He's now got to that stage, like you say, where he's like, I've got nothing to lose. I've got everything to show. And he's he's picking his roles perfectly. The one thing I would say, Oscar, is I'm a bit worried because I'm looking at his IMDb. We've got one thing in production, I believe, one thing scheduled to come out in 2020, which is a TV show. Other than that, I've heard mum mumblings that he's, he's going to be off the screen for a while. And I'm worried about that because we are just hitting a purple patch, Hugh. We need you on the on the screen as much as possible. Yeah, you get the sense that it's a bit like Coldplay. You know, they're doing their sort of final final bow, head full of dreams. Mm. Now they're back, though. I mean, like, and no one gives a shit about them. So there you go. You, we don't want that. We want, you know, but there still seem to be a sort of unusual amount of media and interviews and stuff. This could... I mean, maybe he's preparing his exit to uh, somewhere in the EU since he's such a bloody EU fan or Canada, maybe. I mean, imagine we came to Canada and I was the off the plane. Sorry, Hugh, the journos are back. <laughs> Camera in hand. So this is taking Hugh for granted. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> no, that You've just made me realize to, to him, we're the bad guys. We're the journalists who are obsessed with him. No, but we're we're painting him in a good light. Oh yeah, we never we never said anything bad about him. Yeah, I mean we'll edit out the babe a bit earlier. Hugh, please, <laughs> please, we we don't hate you. <laughs> we love you. We love you. <laughs> right, and we love everyone that's listened. Thank you so much. It's another episode in the can. Another episode in the can. We're we're getting close to a full first season, and just to remind everyone, we're now on Apple Podcasts on your iTunes. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now, well done, you made it. See ya. Bye-bye.